All right, well, I see a few of y'all came back glutton for some punishment tonight. No, I'm glad y'all came back tonight. Uh, glad to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. Amen. I'm glad we got the freedom to worship like we can. Um, I'm thankful for, for everything that the Lord does for us. I thank him for meeting with us this morning. I don't know if y'all had a good time or not, but I sure did. So uh, just uh, pray for the choir now as they sing. Pray for me as I sit over here and try to decide what the Lord wants me to preach tonight. So <laughs> go ahead, brother. All right, let's stand, page 50.
see everybody back tonight. Just want to recap uh, the announcements we had this morning, August the 26th. Uh, remember Next Generation Striper, going to the Stripers games rather. Um, September the 23rd, the ladies meeting uh, in the Fellowship Hall at 10 o'clock in the morning, 10 a.m. And September the 29th, we got a ladies night out with Purposeful Women of God at Talmo Baptist Church. Starts at 7 o'clock in the evening. Uh, the bus will leave at 6 o'clock, so make sure you're here if you're riding the bus at 6 o'clock. Thank you very much. Let me make mention, Miss Kenton McKenzie's going to be having her baby Tuesday, right? Is that Hall County or? Okay, so y'all pray for her. She'll be having the baby Tuesday. I'm just a poor wayfaring stranger traveling through this world of woe 
There is no sickness, no tone or danger in that bright world to which I go. I'm going there to see my father and all my loved ones gone before. I'm just a going, going over Jordan. I'm just a going. Clouds are gonna gather around me. I know my way is a rough and steep, but beauteous fields arise before me where God's redeemed their vigils keep. Josh Turner singing there. Big round of applause for Josh Turner tonight. I mean, that's the only time I wanted to hear a long black train in church ever. <laughs> I was a boy. Wow. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I can follow that, guys. Um, no, uh, that, was, that was wonderful. That was absolutely beautiful. And how long have you been playing the guitar since you like, came out of the womb? Since you were eight. My goodness, I mean, that, that was incredible. I mean, that's some talent. I'm going to be tripping over everything now for the next few minutes. I don't even know where I'm preaching out of now. Oh, yeah, Psalms. That's where I'm at. Psalms. Um, thank you all again for uh, the room, the hospitality, the food today. Gosh, I don't know what it is about. Well, I know what it is. We're Baptists. My goodness. And we like to eat and... I had to stop myself because if I'd have kept going, I'd have been late for church again tonight. And uh, I thought it was late anyway. I came in and it was awful quiet in here. And I thought, oh no, I've missed the time again and they're waiting on me. But uh, I haven't. See, I'm, you got me all discombobulated. I ain't even turned to Psalms yet. Psalms chapter 51 is where we're going to be. Um, I, I'll be. I was... In the room today, praying over what to preach tonight. And I kept going to this, but it's 
one of those things I kind of like go to just because I like the verse for me, and I, I went to it to, to read, not to even think about a sermon, or does that make sense? It's like that's where I kind of like get my, get my, I guess, peace and calming down from this scripture right here because I just get to think and meditate on things. And uh, I had a message on my heart, and maybe if the, if the Lord leads uh, Wednesday night, we might be preaching about you better get in a boat. So uh, let's, let's pray about that, because that was on my heart real heavy today, and actually last night too. But uh, the Lord just changed my mind, and he did it on the way over here, and I sat right there. Uh, and, and even I told y'all, I'm going to go here and figure out what to preach, because I'm still trying to talk my way out of this. And uh, lo and behold, <laughs> lo and behold, Chris, can you put the words up to the first song? Uh, next slide. Next slide. Next slide. Yeah, I mean, the first song we sang tonight. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time reading. Yeah, right there. Right there. <laughs> okay. There's a word in this slide that we're going to be preaching on tonight. Having labored on through joy and sorrow. And then the next song you sing had joy in it. And then I think the last song you even sang had joy in it. And I literally sat there and said, Lord, I need a sign tonight. I, I mean, I, I, I need you to really confirm this in my heart because I'm going to be 100% honest with y'all folks. I've not looked over this sermon in over a year and a half. I think it's a year and eight months ago is the last time I've even looked at this. But I say this is where I go to because I read this a lot. This is a, this is a good good verse for me, a good portion of scripture even, if you will. And I think it'll do us some good tonight if we'll be reading in Psalms 51. Psalms 51. We're going to read 11 and a half verses. So if you'll stand out of the reading of the word, I'll make it quick. Um, my phone's working, so we got, we got a stopwatch tonight, so y'all won't get held longer than you have to. But if you're in Psalms chapter number 51, go ahead and say amen for me. Amen. Psalms 51, this is Psalm of David. Now this is right after David and Bathsheba. This is, this is when uh, uh, Nathan the prophet comes in and, and, and David is in a spot where we as Christians don't get anymore. Okay? David was sorry for his sins. David was repentant of his sin. I mean, it, it hurt his heart that he had hurt the Lord. You, you can, we're going to read this, and, and it really it ties into my message, but not so important on the message. But I think it's real good to see how a man of God, and I say a man of God, a man chosen by God to be king, how a man that is put up on such a high pedestal can so quick fall down. That just shows you that God is no respecter of person. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're wrapped in this old skin-colored thing we call flesh, you're just as susceptible as the next person. There, there's, there's nobody that can't fall. Nobody. And I say that as a preacher that stands behind a pulpit every service that the doors are open. I, you know what this means? It just means I got more of a place to hide than you do to be seen. Everyone in here can fall just like that. And this is where David is at when he writes this psalm. And it's going to tie in here real quick. It says in verse number one, it says, Have mercy upon me, O God. See, if we just take into account of the God that we serve and how unworthy we are and how he could just take us out like that and give us exactly what we deserve. But David says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude and thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. 
for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my, my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this, evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. He wants to know what's inside of me. I want you to know that I am sorry for this. I want you to see the true conviction that's going on right here. And in the hidden parts thou shalt make me, know, make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. I mean, he's looking for punishment here, folks. He's like, break my bones and I'm going to be happy about the punishment that you give me. How many of us as Christians can say that? Lord, whatever you do to me, I get what I deserve and I'm going to be happy about it. And my bones are going to sing for joy. Man, I'm telling you. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. We're getting into it right here. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And here's where we're getting to. This last, this first portion of this verse. We're just reading half of it. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Let us pray. Lord, as I bow in your presence again, Lord, I want to thank you for another opportunity you've given me to stand tonight, dear God. Lord, I thank you for, Lord, I, I just thank you for speaking to me, Lord. I, I, Lord, I appreciate your presence. I appreciate you just making it clear and abundantly clear at that, God, of how you wanted me to go tonight, dear Lord. Now, Lord, just let me lean on you, trust in you. Dear Lord, I pray that you'll just anoint me tonight, dear God. Dear Lord, I pray that you'll pour your power upon this place tonight. And we'll see you in here tonight, God. Dear Lord, I pray that you keep things out of my mouth that I shouldn't say. Put the things in that I should. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. All my life as a, as a young Christian, before I was saved even, as I got saved at nine years old and, and grew up all in church, being around church, just staying in all kinds of things of church, I heard this verse continually. And it said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. But most people get that wrong when they quote it. And I've heard it done from pulpits all across this nation. Do you know what they'll get up and say? They'll say, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. It's misquoted all over. I mean, it, it is. It's, it's sad that... That is misquoted because you say, well, that's just one little thing. We know what you mean. No, you don't know what you mean. Because there ain't the first thing that anyone in this building has ever done to deserve salvation from the Lord Jesus Christ. We are all filthy, dirty, wretched sinners like David goes into. I mean, this is a man called of God who had this fall. And he realizes just how dirty, dirty and low down that he is. And he realizes there is nothing he's done to be put up on this pedestal. There's nothing to be done, nothing that he's done to have this position of power. There's nothing that he has done to be anointed, to be anointed by Jesus or by the Lord to be the king of the children of Israel, there's nothing to have his salvation. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Because he's the only one, folks. God in heaven, one day, through the eons and eons of time, looked down and realized that there was absolutely nothing that we could do to save ourselves. He knew everything we were going to do. He knew every thought we were going to think. And while I'm right here, let me just get on this Calvinistic bone if you want to. He, uh, he knew every person that would accept him as his savior. It wasn't that he elected a few to be saved. 
It's that he is the God of all things. And what kind of God would he be if he didn't know that you were going to accept him or reject him? Man, I'm sorry I had to get on that, but I did. But God in heaven looked down and he saw that the only way that he could have a relationship with us as dirty, rotten, filthy, low-down, shameful sinners is if he sent his son to die for each and every one of us. And when I say each and every one of us, I even mean the ones that he knew wasn't going to accept him. He sent his son to die for us on a maybe, if you think about it. Because there's some that maybe they'll be saved and maybe they won't. But I'm going to send them anyway. Folks, we should have some joy tonight. We, as Christian Bible tells us, my people are a what? Come on, y'all know the Bible. My people are a happy people. A happy people. I look around in here tonight and there's some people that sit in here sucking on sour grapes. But we got, we got some reason to have some joy tonight, folks. We got a reason to be happy about it. All these songs we sang talking about the joy that he's given us. The joy that he's given us. But all of us sit here, oh, I'm joyful. Oh, I'm joyful. No, you're not. You're not joyful at all. How many of y'all got grandkids? Does your grandkids, I know I can come to you. Do your grandkids bring you joy? Absolutely. It's exciting when they come over, isn't it? And you're thinking, how in the world am I going to spoil my grandkids today? <laughs> you're, listen, I'm sorry, kids. I got to pick on y'all. My kids are mean sometimes, especially this one and that one. But you know what? It don't matter how mean they are to mom and dad. If Mama and Papa, the ones that were here with them this morning, if they want something, guess who's getting it for them? And, and I can attest to this too. I was that kid before my grandparents went on to glory. Shoot. There wasn't the first thing that I could ask for that I wouldn't get. And if it wasn't possible, they would do everything within their power to get it for me. But then when I would show up back at home to mom and dad, my mom and dad would always say, I wish you wouldn't do that. You ain't doing nothing but spoiling that kid. But my grandma's answer was always this. It brings me joy. It brings me joy to do something for them. That's joy, ain't it? That's joy and excitement. That's, that makes you happy to do something for that. What, what's got you, what gives you joy in here? Ask yourself that right now. What brings you joy in your life right now? Think about that for a moment while I get up here. Because we can, we can go in our minds and think of a lot of things that bring us joy, can't we? Y'all want to hear mine? I, I, get, I get joy out of fast cars. I do. I get excited about it. Especially when I get to drive them. I mean, I... I re it really gets my, my blood going. And I probably shouldn't be saying that because the Bible says to obey the lands of the law. Some of them you got to bend a little. But it does. It, it, there's just something about it. If I see a 67 Shelby Mustang GT500 fastback with a 351 Windsor motor in it, aluminum headed, 750 double humper holly on it. I mean, come on now, folks. That gets you a little bit excited, or it does me. But look, I, I could go around and I can find something in each and every one of y'all. Ladies, Michael Kors purses, raise your hands. Okay, a few of them. A few of them are honest. But there's some things that bring you joy. There's some things that, I mean, I could go through a list of things. Listen, how many of y'all have grandkids in sports? How many of y'all got kids in sports? Let's say you have a son playing baseball, and all of a sudden he cranks one, gets a home run. What are you going to do? So, come on, help me out here, folks. Y'all help me, and I'll help y'all get out of here faster. 
You're going to shout. You're going to scream. You're going to clap because it makes you have joy inside, doesn't it? You're thinking, oh, wow, what an accomplishment. But my goodness, church, what kind of shape that we're in that we can't have joy for someone who went to Calvary's cross and died on an old wretched cross for us, shed his life's blood for each and every one of us, and we can't have joy tonight? Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Do you, you know what the Bible definition of joy is? This is the best definition of all the words. I, I'm a big word guy. All the words I look up, joy is my favorite one. The Bible definition of joy says this. Joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Get this. That is dependent on who Jesus is rather than than what is happening around you. That's joy, folks. That's joy. When you can be in the deepest, darkest valley and you can be praising the Lord for His salvation that He gave you, yes, yeah, some kind of joy because you're looking at Jesus. You're not looking at the circumstances. You're looking at the one who went to Calvary. You're not looking at the condition you're in. You're looking the one that went to Calvary. And because He went to Calvary for you, your circumstances shouldn't depend on whether or not you have joy tonight. I'm going to give you just a few reasons here that, that we can have some joy, a few things that will help us to get our joy back. Because, folks, I want us to be happy. I want us to be joyful tonight. I want us to go out of here and say, man, you know what? I, I'm, I'm better for, for the joy that I have in my heart when I've left this place. I, I'm better knowing of all these reasons why I can have some joy tonight. Because, look, tomorrow's Monday morning. Monday mornings are terrible. Amen? Man, y'all must not work. Y'all just asleep or something. Mondays are not good days. Not, I mean, it's just a general consensus. You're not looking forward to Mondays. I'm not. I mean, I, I, I don't have a whole lot going on in the morning, but I'm still not looking forward to Monday. But the Bible tells us to restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. You know, when you look at restore throughout the Bible anytime restore is used it's always in a greater abundance it's if you will it's a it's a more than new quality it's better than new my alarm going off and tell me I'm preaching too long already but when you think about restoring old cars and I've done this I've done this a lot many many cars I mean I'm talking complete Frame-off restorations. Well, first one I did was a 1955 Chevy Bel Air. I mean, just see, we got somebody else that cars bring joy. Hallelujah. But, but this thing was black, had a California frame on it and everything. Now, in 1955, it was, the, it was the car, wasn't it? Everybody wanted, man, the women are even helping me now. Some of y'all men are going to have to get in here and help me. But in 1955, this car was... It was the one everybody wanted. It was, it was the commercial that was, oh, man, that's the car we got to go to. We got to get down here to the Chevy dealership. We got to take a look at this thing. Now, granted, it's 1955. My first restoration was 2005. That's a long time after 1955. But even with the, with the car being as good as it was, when we disassembled that car, when we took it down to the bare bones and had screws and bolts scattered everywhere, when we went back to putting things together, just the technology alone that had progressed and made things better, as we put pieces back together, they were a stronger metal. They were a, a more rust-resistant metal. Or they may have been a radiator that instead of a one-core aluminum radiator, all of a sudden now is a four-core aluminum radiator. Everything that went back into it was better than it was when we first started. You see, that's the way thy salvation is, not my salvation. That's the way his salvation is. Sometimes God has to get us down, just like David right here, has to get it down, break it down, 
tear it apart, show it all of its weaknesses. Look at this spot in this frame on this car where rust has got through. But then when you get to that spot, you realize just where you need to be fixed, folks. Restore unto me. Make me better than I was before, Lord. When, when you saw fit to have me anointed to be king, make me better than I was then. Think about that for a minute, folks. Restore. Restore unto me the joy. Listen, when we got saved, it was a happy day, wasn't it, folks? I mean, you, you don't know joy like that until the day you get saved. Plain and simple, you don't. But can you imagine how when you get broke and, and you're down and you're out and you feel like the whole world's against you, feels like you're beating your head up against the wall every way you turn, you're in a hole so deep you can't climb out of it, and God just gets you to the point where he has to break you and fix the places that are broken and bad and weak on you, so that way when you are restored, you will know that joy that you had when you received salvation, the salvation that you didn't deserve, the salvation that you didn't do anything for, the salvation that God graced on us, the restoration to that type of joy is the type of joy we need to have in here tonight. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Just a few reasons why you can have some more joy tonight and I'll be done. Because man, that was a long introduction. I apologize. You can have more joy, number one, because of his sacrifice, folks. Do you realize in the Old Testament when they were having to sacrifice, they were having to come and do that over and over and over. Because there was... There was nothing they could do. Every year they had to come. They had to present that lamb. And, and they had to raise this lamb. They had to take care of it. They had to make sure it was an adequate sacrifice. They had to present it to the priest. And he had to look it over. And make sure it was in the prime of its life. To make sure it was a male. To make sure it didn't have any spots or blemishes. Now does this sound a whole lot like our Savior folks? Does this sound like a man that was 33 and a half years old in the prime of his life? Does this sound like a man that was, that was raised and taken care of by the Father to preserve? Does this sound like a man that didn't have any spots or blemishes? Because in the old days when they would sacrifice that lamb, they would sacrifice whatever it was they were. All it was doing was covering the sins of a people for a year. That's all it was doing. It was just putting a little blanket over it. Oh, but when that sacrifice came, when the lamb came, when the king of kings came, when that sacrifice that was perfect and without blemish and hung up there on that cross and just died for each and every one of us, made that sacrifice, it didn't cover your sins, folks. It cleansed your sins. That's the reason we can have joy tonight. Because of the sacrifice that he made for us. We can have joy tonight. Another reason you can have joy tonight, if he didn't make that sacrifice, guess what you wouldn't have? You wouldn't have salvation, folks. You would not have salvation. You know, what, what, think about salvation, if you will. Think about everything, not only that you're saved from, but think about everything that you're saved to. Oh, folks, listen. When... Now, this is how it's, it really goes. A lot of people tell you, oh, I got saved because I love the Lord. No, you got saved because you didn't want to go to hell. That's the bottom line. And I, I'm, I'll be the first to admit it. I was sitting there as a nine-year-old boy, only one in the, in the pews because everybody else was at the altar praying with other people. And I'm sitting there trying to pass my conviction off on the people that are already at the altar. But when you're sitting out there all alone, I was sitting there on the edge of that pew thinking I could fall off into hell at any time. And guess what, folks? If you ain't saved, you can. You can fall off into hell that quick. Do you know that the ambulance may already be fueled up with the fuel to pick you up tonight? You think about that for a second. Listen, I worked at the sheriff's office for a long time on the, on the road as a patrol deputy. I saw people of all ages. It doesn't matter if you're 99 or 9. I've seen every one of them. 
I've seen teenagers. I've seen young adults. I've seen parents. And you know what I've seen? I've seen death in ways that people would not even imagine that that's how they're going to die. Wouldn't have a clue. I, I've seen, listen, I have literally seen people take a ride in a new car and didn't even expect to be gone so long as they didn't even turn their car off. They didn't turn their car off. They didn't take their purse out of the car. They didn't take their phone out of the car because they thought they were just going around the block. And they never came back. Folks, do you realize tonight, if you're lost, you could be that person? Do you realize tonight that if you're sitting here under the sound of my voice and I'm presenting a gospel to you with an opportunity for salvation tonight and you go out those doors lost and on your way to hell and get T-boned by a car when you pull out of here, you ain't going to have a second chance. That's it. Right now is your opportunity. Now for us that are saved, because of our salvation, we should be joyous tonight, folks. We should be glad. We should be happy. We should be able to swing out over hell on a rotten cornstalk and shoot the devil in the face with a squirt gun tonight. That's the kind of joy I got. Now listen, I'm not saying the devil ain't got power, but I know one who has all power. And because of the salvation that he give me, that's some of that stuff I'm talking about that he saved me too. Saved me from hell, but he saved me to him. That alone right there, that should bring us all some joy tonight. I'm, I'm, I got joy tonight because of his sacrifice. I got joy because of his salvation. You know what else I got joy because of? I got joy because of his sanctification. You say, well, what is that all about, sanctification? Because this gets a little, little sketchy in some doctrines along the way. People try to say sanctification is, is being saved by works. Listen, that ain't the first thing you can do to work your way into heaven. But I thank God for his sanctification or definition setting apart to make holy. Folks, do you realize that we are a chosen generation? A royal priesthood is what the Bible calls it. And he set us aside. He thinks enough of us that he wants us to grow continually in the relationship with him. How many of y'all know anybody famous? Like personally. Know anybody famous? I don't either. So I'm just raising my hand hoping for some. But listen. Do you realize tonight that if you are saved by his marvelous grace, do you realize that you know the one who one day spoke Every bit of this all into existence. Do you realize that, folks? That the one, the creator of all things, the one that nothing is impossible for, wants to have a relationship with each and every one of you that are one of his, that have been bought by his blood. He wants to have that relationship with you so he can be there to say, no, no, shouldn't do this. Because I've got something here for you. You need, to, you need to work on this one thing. Because I want, I, listen, because he wants you to do more in his kingdom. That's sanctification, folks. When, when you're saved, listen, you're as saved as you're ever going to be the moment you accept salvation. But you know what you don't know how to do the moment you get saved? You don't know how to be a Christian like you should be. That's sanctification, folks. I like to think now, as a 43-year-old man, I like to hope and pray that I'm a better Christian at 43 than I was at 9 years old. That's sanctification. And he sees fit to walk with me every day. To work on me and set me apart. Because he has a position for me. In his kingdom. We are seated in heavenly places. Is what the Bible says. And we don't even realize it. We take it for granted. And we lose our joy over that. Folks we got reasons. To have joy tonight. We got reasons. To look different from the world. 
We, we got reasons to have joy in situations where the world would think it is the end of life. I've been to funerals before where I've seen people just acting an absolute fool, just losing their minds, trying to call, crawl in the coffins with them, doing all kinds of things. You know why? It's because they ain't got no hope and they ain't got no joy in their salvation. All, I, all it is is just a little time of separation for me. Another reason we can have joy tonight is because of the path that he placed in front of us. Folks, do you realize that each and every one of us, if you're saved, you have a calling on your life? You have a calling on your life. I don't care from the youngest to the oldest. My, my, my war buddy right here who knows the war stories, how old are you? 12 years old. Would you believe that he has a calling on his life at 12 years old? At 12 years old. The one who died for him saw fit to put a path in front of him before the foundations of the earth were even formed. Each and every one of you that are one of his, you have a path laid out before you. And we should be, we should be joyous of that. I don't want to get on politics, but man, some people would be happier if Donald Trump gave them a job. Am I right? A lot of us in here looking forward to the second coming of Trump more than the second coming of the king. <clears throat> I'll move on. You know what else I'm, I got joy for? I got joy for his presence. And I don't even have to work on an illustration for this. You know why I don't have to work on an illustration for this? Because as I was sitting over here praying about what to preach tonight, he is sitting right here beside me. And he's sitting here just nudging me in the arm. He's saying, look at that. What about that? What about that? Is that some confirmation for what I want you to preach tonight? That's the kind of presence I'm talking about, folks. The Bible says, lo, I am with thee. Boy, you can do a deep study on that word lo. That word lo just ain't L-O. There's a lot that goes into that. There is so much in there that we just take for granted. It's just in the, in the lowest spots you can even think about. The Bible talks about being down in a miry pit. That's low, folks. That, that equates to the same word. But you know what? No matter what you're going through, He is right there with you. We all know the whole footprints in the sand story, right? Where you see two footprints, two sets of footprints walking along in the sand and just Jesus and another man walking. And he says, hey, I'm going to be with low. I'm with thee always. And you see the, the tracks in the sand and it becomes instead of two sets of footprints, it just becomes one. And then at the end of it, it says, Lord, I thought you said you was always going to be with me. And he said, son, I was with you. That's when you got tired. That's when you got weak. That's when you couldn't walk no further. That's when I picked you up. And that's when I carried you. And because of his presence tonight's folk, we should be able to have some joy about it. I'm thankful for his presence. I'm going to give you a couple more reasons here. I'm going I'm to be done because I'm going I'm to get long if I go on. Because we can talk about reasons we should have joy all night long. Let's just be honest with ourselves, folks. There are so many reasons for us to have joy tonight. Another reason I've got joy tonight, and I'm just going to end it right here. It's because of the soon coming king. I can have joy tonight because no matter what kind of shape this world is in, it is not my home, folks. It is not my home. I, I don't, I listen, when I say I don't care, I do care, but it don't bother me, I should say. It does not bother me one single bit who's in the White House. It don't. It does not bother me one single bit who my governor is, who my representative is, any of that. I mean, if you want to get it right down to it, I don't even know who most of mine are. I don't pay that much attention to it. Everybody says, oh, the world is just, it's falling apart. No, folks, the world is not falling apart at all. The world is falling into place. It's falling into place for my soon coming king who's coming back for his bride, who's coming back for the ones who have got his salvation. It's coming back for the ones that he's going to take home to glory with him.
and we won't have to deal with this anymore. We won't. We won't have to deal with it anymore. We should have some joy tonight, folks. People should be able to see the joy that we have in our lives. There's some of us in here that say, well, oh, I've got joy, but at church I've just got inward joy. That's a whole other message. But we won't get on to it. Bible says if you'll be if you're ashamed of me before the Father, or if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. We'll just let that one point get out there on that part. But folks, we got reason to have joy tonight. If you're in the shape that David was in, no, let me put it this way. If you don't get in the shape that David was in, when you know you've sinned, when you know you've let him down, you might want to check up a little bit tonight. Can I get some help on the piano? And I'm going to close out here. Because if sin don't bother you anymore, there's probably a good reason for that. The Bible says, those I love, I chasten. And if he's chasing you, that means he's getting ready to come and chastise you, to give you a whooping in plain old country language. That's what that verse means. He says, if you're one of mine and you continue in sin, I'm going to come after you and I'm going to give you a whooping. If you ain't been getting them whoopings or you ain't even worried about them whoopings, you might want to check up tonight. You might be one in here who is got no clue about joy. You've never been brought joy by anything of the Lord ever in your life. You, you've been around church people. You've seen them get excited. You've seen them shout and praise the Lord. And you've never felt the first bit of joy like they've ever felt. Because the Bible says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Thy salvation. The only joy you may have ever felt is the worldly joy. Worldly things that can bring you joy. And I'm telling you folks, if you're sitting here tonight and you're lost, that's all you know is worldly joy. And there's no joy like the joy of his salvation. If you don't have that joy tonight, I'd be running down here to the altar. Because it's like I said, I've seen death on every hand. And I can sit up here and I can tell you story after story that will make your blood just turn cold inside of you. I mean, I can tell you horrific stories. People that die terrible deaths that I wouldn't wish upon anyone. I can tell you all these tragic incidents where mothers have lost children, where children have lost parents. I can tell you stories of how an entire family is gone in an instant. I can do all that I can to scare you tonight, but I ain't trying to scare you. I'm trying to show you. I'm trying to show you you don't have to worry about that. If you don't have that joy in your heart, I'd run to this altar. If you're a church member in here, you might have just lost your joy. And we'll, if we're honest with each other, we've all got to a point in our Christian walk where we've we've lost our joy. We we've just kindly just gone through the motions, if you will. Just thought, well, I'm 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 doing I'm doing right. I'm doing okay. You don't want okay, folks. He doesn't want okay. Maybe you just need to come down to the altar tonight and say, Lord, I'm trying, I'm tired of trying to make my salvation 
work on my own. I'm tired of just being mundane. I would love, Lord, if you would just restore my joy to me tonight. Make me a happy people like the Bible says. Maybe that's what we need tonight. Maybe we all need a little refreshing of our joy tonight. Because let's, let's be honest with each other. It, it is a difficult world. Life is hard. Bible does not say that it's going to be a bed of roses anywhere in there that I've read. It doesn't say it's all going to be unicorns and puppy dogs. All it says is it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth every mile of the trip as the old song goes. Ain't it going to be so much better though if while on your journey you got the joy of his salvation in your soul? You got that overflowing joy. That kind of joy that when your cup just runs over it flows out onto the saucer. That's the kind of joy we should have. Knowing everything that God Almighty did when he sent his son to Calvary for us. I ask that you stand to your feet tonight. I'm going to do something that I usually don't do. Just continue to play for me. I want every head bowed and every Christian prayer. If you're in this place tonight and you don't have a clue what I'm talking about when it comes to salvation and the joy of salvation, would you just lift your hand up for me for just a second and let me know to pray for you? Anybody owe their house? If you're here tonight and you're in this place and you've just lost your joy, ain't nobody looking around. I ain't coming to nobody. I ain't trying to point nobody out. I ask that you just raise your hand just so I can pray for you and say, Lord, help them with their joy. Just help them restore their joy tonight. All right, thank you. Let me ask you.